Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. up Dolphins and welcome into the Saturday August the 3rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and as always I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's yet another bonus edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We've got a full scrimmage recap including the quarterback battle heating up, a strong endorsement from Xavier Howard on a Dolphins rookie receiver, some interesting defensive calls and we'll wrap it up with my personal 53-man roster and 11-man practice squad after spending 10 days with the Miami Dolphins football team. All of that and a whole lot more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, a top 100 podcast currently on the charts for iTunes. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. The show is at Locked on Fins. You can find the daily journals up on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as all your other Dolphins written content needs. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the rebranded Locked On NFL podcast with the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and new host Brian Peacock. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique take on the game. We've got a busy episode today to get to. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins and support for today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Locked On at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off at Manscaped.com with promo code Locked On. And we come to you here from the Hollywood Beach Resort in Hollywood, Florida. Not the nicest place, but it was good enough to get me through 10 days of travel down here in South Florida. My last day in the state, I'll head back home to Washington tomorrow on Sunday. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right into the camp notes. The quick ones off the top here. Players that were absent from the scrimmage on Saturday. Rashad Jones, Raekwon McMillan, Jakeem Grant, Chase Allen, Jonathan Woodard, and the two PUP guys, Cordrea Tanker and Mike Hole. And even though Albert Wilson and Dwayne Allen were dressed and went through individual drills to start practice, neither participated in the scrimmage. Kenyon Drake opened practice, or the scrimmage I should say, as the first team running back. Jamal Wiltz continues to run with the first team nickel when the Dolphins open up in two deep coverage with Minka Fitzpatrick and Bobby McCain back in that two deep safety look. Nick Needham and Tyler Patman began practice working across from Walt Aikens on special teams. Anytime you find somebody working with Walt Aikens, that is a note for the back end of the roster. And Jason Sanders is automatic. He made every kick on Saturday. I don't know how many there were, but multiple kicks came from plus 50 yards out. Again, we have eight days worth of reports up on LockedOnDolphins.com, as well as the eighth podcast here regarding Dolphins training camp. And the scrimmage today on Saturday was sloppy, had plenty of penalties, I think 15 by the total count at the end of things. And those kind of overshadowed a strong defensive effort and a resurgence from Josh Rosen. And if this scrimmage was to go down as an actual game, the Dolphins would be 0-1 right now. It was sloppy. You can even quote Adam Beasley, who sat next to 
me, and we broed out the entire time. One of my favorite guys down here, he said, quote, this team fucking sucks, end quote. And that was kind of the general perception across the press row up at the top platform at the training facility in Davie. This team's not ready to compete right now, guys. It's going to be a work in progress. It's going to be a situation where they have to get better month by month, game by game. And hopefully come 2020, this team is ready to compete because right now that's just not the case. But the first team offense did take the football right down the field for an easy touchdown and they wouldn't get back into the end zone until the final possession when Josh Rose and threw a pass into the corner of the end zone that went right through the hands of Xavier Howard, who had another interception in the scrimmage today. But the ball came off his hands and fell into the waiting arms of Isaiah Ford, who caught the touchdown. And that two-minute drill had some nice throws from Josh Rosen. We'll get into that here in just a second. Before the practice started, Brian Flores had a media availability, and there were some quotes in there about some players. You guys can find those quotes up on my Twitter timeline. But I think the most interesting one was his comment about star power and the lack of star power on the team. Flores said, quote, it's a team game. Stars are kind of a me thing. And that if you have a star that wants to do his own thing, that doesn't work out. But the good news for Flores is that his biggest star player right now, Xavier Howard, is as humble as ever, and he just continues to go about his work in a workman-like mentality. Flores spoke about this last week, how the guys that are willing to try to get the most out of their natural talent are the ones that they're going to reward in this organization, and you can tell why Xavier Howard leads the forefront of that group. But let's go ahead and get into it here now with the individual position-by-position recap, and we start again, like we do every day, with the quarterbacks. And I tweeted out a horrible gif today on Twitter, gif, whatever, I don't care what it is anymore, but a gif of the Undertaker rising from the dead saying this is Josh Rosen in the quarterback battle. And that was because Rosen had his best day so far from what I have seen. I asked him after practice because I go back to his Cardinals tape and even his UCLA tape when things kind of got stacked against him, when the stakes were the highest. Rosen played his best, and I thought that was a good question to parlay into today's practice because in some of the practice situations, Rosen might not be as good, but you put him in a game situation and he plays his best ball. He told me, I don't want to use labels, but I'm going to do it for him. He is an absolute gamer. He was sliding away from a relentless pass rush that continued to get in on the quarterbacks. He was accurate on a variety of throws, whether it was that dreaded left side out route or the deep shot, the drive throws, the checkdowns. He made good decisions throughout all of practice. His worst throw of the day was that touchdown pass at the end of the two-minute drill. Prior to that, he took a shot on a Hail Mary to Kenny Stills on third and forever and still skied up over Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain and made the catch. He was out there during two Uh, delay of game calls that I think it's a little bit arbitrary to put that on him because the coaching staff was down there with the headsets and simulating a game-like situation. It could have been Rosen's fault. It probably was, but I won't say directly that it was his fault. But the entire offense committed penalties all day long. First team, second team, third team. And that first team offense, after that impressive opening drive, Ryan Fitzpatrick even said himself, it just was not good enough. They struggled all day long. He was off target on a variety of throws, throwing long, throwing high, for some reason testing Xavier Howard, one of which resulted in Howard undercutting the route 
running the route for the receiver and making the interception. So Fitzpatrick had a rough day. That gap is beginning to close more and more each day, especially in the scrimmage on Saturday. I think these preseason games are going to be pretty telling, as will the rest of practice. Of course, Locked On Dolphins will no longer be at practice, but we can get a better idea of where this training camp battle is going as it starts to tighten up at the end of training camp itself and heads into week number one against the Atlanta Falcons. Next Thursday night, we've got football for you guys and LockedOnDolphins.com will have all of that covered from charting snap counts, giving you the film breakdowns, everything you guys want to know about Dolphins versus Falcons on August the 8th, I believe it is. We'll have it covered for you here as well as a crossover podcast with the Locked On Falcons podcast to preview that game. And when we come back on the next side of the podcast, we're going to get to all the positional reviews, talk about the stars of camp so far, and we will put together our 53-man roster as it stands right now and 11-man practice squad. All my thinking, not what the team will do. My personal roster next on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross was in attendance for the scrimmage on Saturday. Taking a look at his product on the field, he had a conversation with both quarterbacks after practice, and Josh Rosen said that was the second time he had met owner Stephen Ross, so they kind of got acquainted with one another, and he also disappeared after a couple of possessions of the practice, and the press row was kind of joking about how Stephen Ross maybe left because he too was dissatisfied with the product he saw on the field, but again, these scrimmages what do they really mean? I mean, it doesn't really parlay over into the season. We know this team has a lot of work to do. That was given. That wasn't obvious. And when one side of the ball struggles, that means the other side of the ball had success. And that was the case today. The defense started off strong, but we go back to the offense here and talk about the running back position as we're going to go in order here, quarterbacks and now the running backs. And Kenyon Drake was on that first team and he made the big play of that drive. He busted a run to the outside. It was an outside zone run. He patiently stretched that thing out and created his own lane up the right side. He got an escort from Jesse Davis on that play and then exploded through the lane once it became available and ran for about 30, 35 yards. It's difficult to say how many he gained. And then he wound up catching the ensuing touchdown pass on a naked boot flat route from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he later scored on a toss play down around the goal line in goal line work, but that was whistled back due to a pre-snap penalty. Kalen Balaj was out there, although he was limited, only participating in a couple of possessions. He did show his strength as a goal line back with an absolute sledgehammer run that scored from one yard out. The Dolphins only touchdown on three goal line plays. Mark Walton was next in line. He had one nice little shifty patient run, but the entire group behind those top two guys is pretty uninspiring. Patrick Laird had a huge hole on a third and 20 draw play that was designed to get them back into field goal range, and he went to that hole and basically got eaten by the turf monster. Not the turd monster, the turf monster got him, and Chandler Cox, the fullback, you know, He's a cult hero down here already, it seems like, but his lead blocking leaves a lot to be desired. He was getting kind of tossed around in the running game today. We fast forward to the receivers and talk about Preston Williams, who has been kind of the surprise guy of camp for some people, and I'd rather be late than wrong, and I'm kind of late on the Preston Williams train, but this hype is building and building before his first NFL game on Thursday against the Falcons, and Xavier Howard waxed poetically about the Dolphins' rookie receiver, Let's go ahead and play that sound about Xavier Howard facing Preston Williams so far in practice. Yeah, I, I, man, that guy gonna be special, man. Um, 
you know, he's still learning. You know, I'm just a rookie, you know, uh, so much room for improvement with him. You know, he's going to be a number one receiver one day. Going to be a number one receiver one day. He would go on to say that he's seen what good receivers look like, and Preston Williams definitely has those traits. So he is definitely taking a big step in the right direction. He made a big play down the sideline on a perfect dime from Josh Rosen. He was eating up chunks of yardage in the middle of the field. He just looks the part of a big-time receiver right now. We'll see what happens when he gets on the field for a game day, but he's balling. And speaking of balling, Xavier Howard said the same thing about another Dolphins receiver, Devontae Parker, because I asked him. So let's go ahead and play that audio. How about those matchups with Devontae Parker? It seems like you guys have been going at it pretty good. What do you see from uh, Devontae so far at this camp? You know, um, Devontae coming out there balling, man. You know, um, he's, just, he's just, he focused on, it's a big year for him also. So, you know, he's trying to get better and improve himself. You know, just trying to stay healthy. And I do apologize for the sound quality on that. Xavier Howard, not the most outspoken guy, but it goes back to that humble mentality. He certainly brings that to practice. He did get beat one time by Kenny Stills on a jump ball. We talked about it with Josh Rosen. That was kind of a fluke, and he also had that drop pick, but he was looking fantastic all day in practice. The rest of the receivers, pretty underwhelming, but it's tough to get a beat on them when the defense is dominating up front like that. In the pass rush at tight end, Mike Kosicki caught one contested pass up against TJ McDonald. And aside from goal line work, these guys did not get a lot of work in. Although Gasecki did open practice with the first team. Nick O'Leary still probably atop the depth chart overall. And Durham Smythe is the 11 personnel tight end. They're going to be a rotation group all the season long. And we'll see what happens when Dwayne Allen gets back. Now, on the offensive line... Man, there were some issues on Saturday. Shaq Calhoun, I think that that experiment probably should come to an end. He was the cause of a lot of penetration, getting tossed around in the running game, allowing pressure up the interior, struggling to pass off and pick up all the games and blitzes the Dolphins' defensive line ran. The same was true of Michael Dieter. They're going to have to figure something out there because the two rookies in the practice had a really rough day. Even Laramie Tunzel got beat, so the entire offensive line struggled. I think Kyle Fuller might be next in line for one of those starting jobs. He opened a pair of big running lanes on the Patrick Laird run and that Mark Walton run and Jesse Davis I talked about was there for the big Kenyon Drake run. Will Holden had to leave practice after getting absolutely obliterated on a bull rush from Jonathan Ledbetter and Daniel Kilgore I guess was the best of the bunch because I saw him drop the anchor three or four times against the Dolphins blitz so this offensive line needs a ton of work going forward but also Maybe the defensive line is just pretty good too. And I know that's been one of the weak areas that people have talked about on this roster, but I'm just not seeing that because these guys are getting after it, even going up against Laramie Tunzel. Charles Harris was the winner of practice on the other side of the ball, opposite Preston Williams. He had three sacks on the day and a tackle for loss. And one of those sacks did come up against Laramie Tunzel. Christian Wilkins had his best day so far. His power is starting to show up. In addition to the quickness, he tossed around Shaq Calhoun all all game long. He was in the backfield all day on Saturday. So was Devon Godshaw. That dude is an immovable object, especially down around the goal line. You recall Miami's goal line defense last year and red zone defense was spectacular. A big reason for that was Devon Godshaw. He did the same thing today in practice, shutting down an inside run up against Michael Dieter. 
Wilkins and Godshaw are probably going to play the most on the interior defensive line, and they've kind of rotated between basically the three technique working inside to the nose tackle. Sometimes they'll have Wilkins as the one tech and Godshaw as the two eye tech on the inside in the packages that call for them to condense down in the middle, or they'll rotate. They kind of play both those spots pretty well. Vincent Taylor and Joey Embu are the next guys to come in line for that position group. I think Vincent Taylor continues to play pretty well, even though he rarely gets first team reps. Joey Embu has started has started to kind of taper off after a strong start to camp. And Jonathan Ledbetter, I mentioned his bull rush. He was an absolute beast again on Saturday. He had that bull rush. He was the person that ran over Will Holden on that injury. He also forced an end around play to bubble, which basically means the guy that gets the carry on the end around has to work backwards, allows the pursuit to get there and to rotate over on the defensive side. He's been strong. Dwayne Hendricks, the other UDFA defensive lineman, has been strong. He got back there and got himself a sack got himself onto the first team, but then was blanked by Laramie Tunzel, which is to be expected. Adolphus Washington, again, another solid practice. He had a sack and has been involved in the running game plenty as a backup interior defensive lineman. And Jamius Pittman belongs in today's positives. He just had some nice run stuffs on the day. We go back to the next group, the linebacker group, and probably the deepest, best position on this team, maybe outside of wide receiver or possibly just is the number one group. And it's led by Jerome Baker. This is going to be his defense, guys. He is the one calling the signals. He's doing the slanting, the stunting, the blitzing, coverage, run support, getting out to the edge. He has a burst and a lean about him where he can change directions without decelerating. And it's causing a lot of issues for that Dolphins offensive line. His sack today came free on a blitz that got him to the quarterback basically within one second of the snap. He plays at a different pace than everybody else around him. And Andrew Van Ginkle's burst has earned him a lot of work as well, as well as his versatility playing a variety of positions. He's been off the edge pretty much all week, but today I saw him playing inside and some even fronts, some four-man fronts with two linebackers behind them. He had a nice recognition play on another end around, one of the main plays of practice, where he too forced the ball carrier to bubble and go backwards. Another solid-looking linebacker is the surprising undrafted rookie from Maryland, Trey Watson. He made the loudest play of the day when he absolutely banged heads with Chandler Cox in the lead hole on a power play. He disengaged that block and stopped the ball carrier in his tracks, and he has been the second-team stack linebacker when Raekwon McMillan is not on the field. And all this leads to the idea that maybe Kiko Alonso is not long for the roster. If he made a play all camp, I haven't seen it. He's been hurt. He's been victimized in coverage. I just don't see Kiko doing a whole lot this training camp so far. And if guys like Van Ginkle and Trey Watson are making Alonzo expendable, then linebacker Sam Aguavin is certainly doing the exact same thing. He's playing a multitude of positions. And today there was one rep where he lined up inside and right before the snap, he snuck down off the edge and did some creative rotation work that way. I think that he's going to be on this roster for sure and play a lot of downs. And another guy that probably makes the roster, another undrafted dude, Terrell Hanks. His speed shows up every practice. He's one of the top pursuit backers on this team. He quickly closes down the edge and makes the play off that edge. Let's finish up with the defensive back here, an intriguing group for sure. And Montre Hardage continues to see extended work as a backup safety. I think he's the favorite right now for that middle of the field, third safety type, the Deron Harmon type, because he was back there in some two deep looks on the first team with Minka Fitzpatrick, and he would rotate into the single high and Minka would come down and try to rob the middle of the field. He even got his hands on a football as a robber, Minka Fitzpatrick that is. And Hardage just continues to put in some solid work in that role. 
We talked about Xavier Howard's dominant camp and scrimmage so far. One of the things that I like about Howard is that he frees up Bobby McCain to focus on one portion of the field, and he knows how to angle and get himself into a help position. McCain has had a quiet but solid camp so far. And TJ McDonald continues his strong camp. He did some excellent work in the running game, particularly down in the goal line. He could be a short yardage guy as well as a sub package type of dude that plays some coverage in the middle of the field. Jamal Wiltz, I think this guy might have found a home as the backup slot behind Minka Fitzpatrick. When Minka goes back, it hasn't been Jalen Davis. It hasn't been Bobby McCain. It's been Jamal Wiltz when Fitzpatrick goes back into a safety role. And Walt Akins is playing a lot on defense, though. That kind of scares me because we've seen that, that movie before and it never ends well for the Dolphins. And we'll take our final break here of the training camp editions of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We'll come back and recap the scrimmage and I'll give you guys my 53-man roster and 11-man practice squad as it stands right now. Of course, that situation will be fluid heading into the preseason games and action. All of that next here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. my favorite moments from this entire experience has been after practice as the players make their way back into the facility and I get to stand right there and intercept them and today it was Kenyon Drake that walked by me and I've had some nice words to say for Kenyon Drake at times I've been critical but mostly been a big fan of his and I thought he looked so damn good today and deserves to get some recognition as the best running back on this team because to me he still is and today he was walking right past me and I said good practice Kenyon you looked great out there today and he didn't hear me And he actually stopped in his tracks and turned around and leaned in and said, excuse me, like, what did you say? And I thought maybe he was angry, but I said, oh, you had a great practice today, man. You look good. And he said, oh, thanks. I appreciate that with a big smile on his face. So I think that maybe Drake, I don't know. There's just something about Kenyon Drake. I think that maybe he needs to be coached in a certain way because he's so damn talented and I want to see him get the most out of that talent. He has a chance to really be special and I hope it doesn't happen elsewhere when it could happen here in Miami while we still have him. But to recap this practice, the defense was dominant. This team is going to blitz so damn much, guys. They throw so many games, so much A-gap pressure. They loop stunts and slants off the edge and on the inside. So many bodies coming at the quarterback with tight man coverage. And if Xavier Howard and Eric Rowe and Minka Fitzpatrick can play as well as they have all camp long, I think it's going to work. I think it's going to be a solid defense that keeps them in games. Now, the offense... That is one serious work in progress, mainly along the offensive line. Right now, to me, it looks like you have Laramie Tunzel. It looks like Jesse Davis is a good option at right tackle. But beyond that, pretty slim pickings. I think Michael Dieter will eventually develop and grow into a solid starter in this league. And frankly, if they can just get three guys that can be solutions for next season, then that should be fine going into 2020. And maybe you can address the offensive line once again, maybe hopefully develop some guys behind them as well. But the coaches were charged up. They were yelling, but yelling can only go so far. This team needs a lot of work in the next month to get where they want to be. And with that, I've decided on my 53-man roster for right now, of course, a fluid situation, very likely to change going forward into the future over the next four games of the preseason and plenty more practices to come. But here it is. I've got 24 guys on offense, 26 on defense, the three specialists, which I forgot to put in the article now that I'm looking at it, and 11 practice squad guys. Let's go ahead and start with that practice squad because let's build some tension. Why don't we do that? 
Quarterback Jake Rudock, he's on there. Running back Miles Gaskin gets cut but makes the practice squad. Wide receiver Isaiah Ford. Wide receiver Trenton Irwin, both on the practice squad. Tight end Chris Myrick from Temple, he makes it on there. The massive Dwight Howard-like wingspan, Jared Jones-Smith, the offensive lineman, he is on there. Derval Neto, the now offensive guard, he's in there as well because of his exemption status. Defensive lineman Jamius Pittman gets cut but makes the defensive line practice squad. And then three defensive backs, two second-year players, and one rookie. And these second-year players, probably very disappointing to be on this list. But Cornell Armstrong, last year's sixth-round draft pick, and Jalen Davis, the undrafted slot guy, who has basically been on the third team all camp long. They both get the call back to practice squad. And Nick Needham, the cornerback out of UTEP, the undrafted rookie from UTEP, is on the practice squad. And let's go ahead and go over the offense now. The quarterbacks, I still do have Ryan Fitzpatrick out in front. Although if things continue the way they've gone the last couple of days, I do think Josh Rosen will overtake that position. The running backs, Kenyon Drake, Kalen Balage, Mark Walton, and Chandler Cox are the four backs. I do think they need one more guy and will cut one of these offensive linemen to make that back acquisition happen at some point this camp. I have five receivers, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, and Preston Williams, of course, has to make the opening day roster. Four tight ends, Dwayne Allen, Nick O'Leary, Durham Smythe, and Mike Gesicki stacked in that order. Mike Gesicki has really had a rough camp again. We'll see if he can overcome that and become the the mismatch piece we all hope he can be, but right now, he has not been that. I have nine offensive linemen, Laramie Tunzel, Michael Dieter, Daniel Kilgore. I put Chris Reed back at right guard, although he's been pretty terrible too. <laughs> We're just out of options at right guard right now. There's not really anybody that has earned that job. And then Jesse Davis, the right tackle, Jordan Mills, your swing tackle, and then Shaq Calhoun, Kyle Fuller, and Isaiah Prince, the sixth round draft pick, round out the offensive line. On the defensive side of things, I kept 26 players on that side to give us 53 total. I have nine defensive linemen. Just going off the roster the Dolphins gave us today, an updated roster. Christian Wilkins, Devon Godshaw, Charles Harris, the top three guys, Tank Carradine, the next one to come off the bench with Vincent Taylor in there, Akeem Spence, Adolphus Washington, Jonathan Ledbetter, and Dwayne Hendricks. And again, everyone's talking about how bad this defensive line is. That's a good group for this scheme. You have a bunch of power players, some heavy-handed guys that can be versatile and do multiple things for you. I like that group. I like this front seven because I've got seven linebackers here that I like as well. Jerome Baker, Raquan McMillan, Sam Aguavin, Andrew Van Ginkle, Nate Orchard gets back into my good graces, Trey Watson and Terrell Hanks, the two UDFAs, both on the roster as well. At cornerback, we got five of them. With Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Eric Rowe, your three primary starters. Jamal Wilson there, and Tyler Patman round out the cornerback group at safety. Bobby McCain, TJ McDonald, Rashad Jones makes his way into the third position. Montre Hardage and Walt Aikens round out the group with Matt Hawk, Jason Sanders, and John Denny will be back for his 15th year, I think it is now in the National Football League. So that's what I'm going with. Check it out up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Let me know what you think on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. And again, this is going to be a very fluid situation as far as how this develops over the course of the next month. We'll have updates for you guys daily on the podcast here on LockedOnDolphins.com and the podcast also, next week during the two practice sessions, I'll have you guys covered as far as press conferences. We'll get more into what the coaches are saying. I have a fun game developed called What's More Likely, looking at a few scenarios for your 2019 Miami Dolphins. 
And we've got a game on Thursday. We'll cover that in its entirety and have a crossover preview podcast with Locked On Falcons. The season is almost here, guys. And I will now bow out from my trip to South Florida. It was completely worth it in every way imaginable. Top 100 on iTunes. Gained 1,000 followers since I got down here. We did outrageous numbers on the podcast and LockedOnDolphins.com. Made a number of connections between Adam Beasley, Omar Kelly, Safed Dean, Jason Jenkins, Scott Stone, everybody who helped me out this week. So much thank you to everybody involved. It was a blast. I could not ask for more. I've got like 20 press conferences recorded or I guess player availabilities recorded on my phone. Those will be in there forever. So just an unbelievable experience and I will definitely be back probably sooner rather than later to live here full-time and cover this team full-time for everybody out there in Dolphin Land. But for now, let's go ahead and sign off from South Florida and get back to the beautiful Pacific Northwest and my wife and my cat. Can't wait to do that. You guys all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again on Monday afternoon for a training camp recap podcast here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up.